BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. Hey guys, this is Note to Self and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to Note to Self. I am Peyton and I am sitting here with Guyana Aramyan. Is that how you say <laughs> yeah, it? Guy- yes. Okay, <laughs> amazing. And Guyana is my first therapist I have ever had on Note to Self. We're just jumping in right now because I want you all to know about her from the very top. Sometimes I get into like the intro and I'm, we're doing content corner, we're doing all these things and people are like, okay, but like, who are you talking to? Because <laughs> yeah. I just get overwhelmed or like I get too excited. So can you give us a little bit of an intro to Guyana and what you do? Sure. My name is Guyana, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm -hmm. I specialize in women's well-being. And since I became a mom three years ago, I am working with a lot of moms, preparing pregnant, expecting parents for Mm -hmm. the postpartum period. But overall, just women's well-being has always been something that I've been passionate about. And then also couples therapy. Very passionate about that. I love that. I see clients from my office in Sherman Oaks. And then I also do virtual therapy across California. Thanks to the pandemic. (laughs) Do you think that virtual therapy, is that like a bigger, do you have more clients virtually right now? You know, I never thought about virtual therapy before Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yeah, of course. The the face-to-face is just so different. But Mm -hmm. then because of the pandemic, obviously, it forced us to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's connected me to people outside of L.A. And it makes it easier, especially for moms who don't have time to go to the office. It makes it easier to connect that way, too. But just opened me up to other clients outside of L.A. And honestly, I have clients that I've never met in person. And the therapy sessions are just as powerful as it is in person. Yeah, I feel like most of my friends who have therapists right now, because I'm kind of like in the middle, so I might need to talk to you later. Yeah. But I um, they all do virtual because it's just easier. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do even my own therapy. I'm like, I'm at the office. I'll just schedule it when I'm at the office. (laughs) Yes. I, I love that you do your own therapy and again we'll get into our main intro here yeah. but I I did listen to the Ocasis episode you were on yeah. just to like 
one, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce your name. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> like practicing. Yeah. And then um, two, I just wanted to get to know a little bit more about you. And it was interesting because I think that was 2019. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So it's say. like pre-pandemic yeah. situation. So yeah. obviously a lot has changed, which will be good because mm-hmm. I kind of, sometimes it's hard to listen to people on a podcast and be like, okay, wait, this is like how I would go with like that yeah. version of who you were. I'd, I'd probably ask very similar questions, but now I have more questions yeah. obviously and I'm, I'm a, I think I'm also a whole different person after yes. becoming a mom too oh of so. course of course <laughs> so it, well, I saw that yeah. on your Instagram post listening yeah. to the episode and then yeah. I saw that because in that episode y'all were talking a lot about couple stuff which I do yeah. want to get into because yes. I think that applies to everyone but then I saw on Instagram that you're relatively new mom yes. and you yes. I saw like your little videos with <laughs> your baby and I realized that you have a full new you know, perspective. Yeah. I think that that's what I was Absolutely. gleaning from your Instagram page. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to make this a whole like, mom, of course, you know, of course, but yeah. I do think there's so much when we talk about the topics we'll talk mm-hmm. about today. Yeah. There's so much there. And like, you have to know yourself before even embarking that journey. Oh, yeah. Or even being in a relationship. Of course. So there's a lot there. We just, so yeah. last week's episode, I talked about becoming your own best friend. Cause I think for me, I'll be 30 in three months, okay. two and a half months. Okay. And December? In December. Mm, December. Oh, really? What's December your... 29th. I'm the 30th. <gasps> no way. Yes. That's so, that's so awesome. Capricorns. Yes. My One of my best Meant friends is also the 29th. Oh, yeah. cool. So I, I get very much Capricorn energy from you. I love that. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, I'll, I'm turning 30. Welcome and I, to the club. Thank I, you. 30 I'm, last year. I'm so excited. I feel like I was more anxious about it when I turned 29. And then I was like, wait, what am I anxious about? Like, I'm genuinely not. And I've learned through my 20s that learning to enjoy your alone time and not only enjoy it but like get to know yourself genuinely in your alone Mm -hmm. time one of the tools I brought up was therapy is so important for your 30s and a lot of that is because or is so you can you know prep for a relationship motherhood things like that or just kind of like have a stable foundational surface so you don't go seeking company of people that you probably shouldn't be seeking because you're lonely yes you know what I mean so I'm glad that you brought that up I love when things just like align yeah, Perfectly. I know. I know. And and before becoming a mom, when I, you know, I worked with a lot of women and a lot of young women because I've always been like, mm-hmm. I, I guess, a modern therapist of yes. like trying to attract the clientele that was like minded in some way. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of young women in college or in relationships. And I just it's so consistent with everybody. And it's everyone yeah. who is struggling with emotions and feelings. We don't mm-hmm. know what to do with them. And we have a um, lot of them. And we I have mean, a lot of human beings, them. but also as women yeah. who could be more sensitive to things. Like, yes. Not sensitive in terms of like emotionally sensitive. I just think I was just watching a TED talk about it was a study done and I wish I had a more specific, you know, numerical thing yeah. to talk about. But it was basically saying how women are more susceptible to the environment around us. We're, we yeah. pick up frequency. Yeah more easily Mm -hmm. so we can be more sensitive to things because we're more aware but also it helps with intuition and things like that or what we call intuition which is just awareness I guess whole nother topic Mm -hmm. I I love also that you're fostering you know kind of a community of women yeah that's very important to me especially on this podcast yeah (laughs) as Josh knows before Josh is sitting back over there and I'm always like women are better like yelling at this mic well well, (laughs) my background is actually I've worked for a therapist for before I was in private practice and Mm -hmm. I ran anger management groups so I was around men all the time Mm, and I was this like young therapist starting out that is so scary (laughs) it's terrifying it was was overwhelming for sure but Uh It definitely taught me a lot. And 
it it's interesting how it applies now in my work because when I'm working with a woman, mm-hmm. I'm now able to bring in that perspective as well. Okay. And then in couples therapy, you know, it also gives me a, a perspective. But I'm I'm still, you know, very focused in women's well being because there's mm-hmm. so much in that dynamic that isn't talked about. Well, it's also unknown, I feel like. Yeah. Because there's so many things when you go back and um, what has been studied about health in general, mental health, physical health, things like that. It's usually based in studies around men. And yeah. then we kind of yeah. apply it to women. And sometimes it's not correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like that we're being focused on a little bit more. Everyone's like, oh, wait, women are yeah. <laughs> different yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But OK, before we get into everything, we usually do a little life update. Yeah. I will tell the audience I recorded last week's episode yesterday because I'm going out of town this weekend. But I so I don't really have much of a life update <laughs> for you guys. Besides today, I guess I got new curtains. I told them last week I was really struggling with my curtains. <laughs> Where did you get them? I just got them on Amazon. I, I was going to say, yeah. I got ones from Amazon that are like amazing. <laughs> Easy, simple. Yes. I don't want to spend that much money. I also put together my Ikea outdoor set. Nice. I had my coffee out there this morning. Awesome. It was amazing. I mean, there are a lot of bugs. I literally was sitting there like trying to romanticize, but I'm like with my music, oh, my little yeah. notebook and my beautiful plated breakfast. And I'm just out there like swatting away like <laughs> this will be this will be the next thing I fix. We got the table. That's fixed. But that's my life update for you guys. <laughs> Anything new in your life? Anything interesting happened to you this week? Uh, no, I've been in complete uh, mom mode because my son was sick last oh, week no. and uh, we were home. And so this week is all about me going back to my routines and mm-hmm. going back to just me time and doing something Resetting. like this. Yeah, yes. yeah. So this is, would you consider this more like me time? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. My right. work gives me so much passion mm-hmm. and excitement. Like yeah. my non-negotiables when my son is sick is I have to see my clients and I have to go to my nail appointment. <laughs> okay. Got it. Those are my non-negotiables. <laughs> and my husband knows. He's like, okay, I'll stay back. You go do your thing. Yes. So. So, yes, absolutely. My work, anything related to my work is me mm-hmm. time. It gives me passion and I get so excited. So you've it. prioritized that for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't ca- you like I don't know how many times I've canceled unless I'm out of the country. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't how cancel. old is your son? He's three. OK. Yeah. Why did I like feel like you were going to say three? Really? I, I don't think I've read that anywhere, <laughs> but I felt like you were going to say three. Really? I feel like three is such a good age because you start to be. Like, they start to be kind of like a little person. Oh, my God. Like, they have their own little personality. He looks at me and he goes, Mama, you're such a good mama. Oh, my God. That is so nice. I I cried. I don't think I ever said that to my mom one time. (laughs) I know. And and I can't believe, like, he's three and now we get Mm -hmm. to hear his thoughts and the things he says. It's just... It's a wild ride. It's not easy. Oh, my God. But the moments where they say things like that, I'm like, it's all worth it. That would be actually... (laughs) Like, that would make me cry. Yeah. That would make me cry. I mean, you know what? I actually have... I have a small life update. And you might have watched this, too. Mm -hmm. The Golden Bachelor. Yeah. Have you watched it? (laughs) A little bit. I'm not that caught up. Okay. I just watched... They have two episodes are out. Okay. I watched... The first episode and everyone's like, it's really emotional. Like, you're going to cry. And I was like, well, I think I can laugh. Like, I'm, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? I'll, I'm I'm tough. Whatever. <laughs> I can do this. I got in about two minutes and 30 seconds and I already was like tearing okay, up. I need to it stick to it and watch it. It's so sweet. And like, it's just so pure. And I'm like, this is what the people, this is what the kind of Bachelor that I want to watch. Like, it still has the Bachelor elements, yeah. but it's just... I just get bored with the drama sometimes because it's just so cringy and scary. Yeah. But this is so wholesome and sweet. Like whenever they send anyone home, I'm just like, I'm going to actually die. <laughs> I, I actually am going to die. Like <laughs> I'm going to die right now. I was so sad yesterday. It was sad and happy. Yeah. And I love that they're doing this. Like they're in their 
60s or 70s, most of them. Mm -hmm. And they're like hot and like (laughs) dating. And a lot of them have had, you know, spouses that have passed away, which is a whole nother thing being like, oh, my God, that could happen to people. And they are moving on and like trying to date again. And they are bonding over the fact that they still like no one will ever replace that first person. And like, it's just so layered. Yeah. And amazing. I'm just like, this is with everything also happening in the world currently. Watching something like that is just like, okay, humans can be good yeah, sometimes. sometimes. It can be so sweet yeah, yeah. at times. And I'm yeah. sure when your your son looks at you oh and is like, God. you're such a good mom, you're like, okay, yeah, literally, there's a light here. <laughs> yeah, my whole world stops. And honestly, I think, you know, motherhood for me has been very challenging. It mm-hmm. hasn't been easy, but I'm on this mission and this is like, it comes full circle with my work and the mm-hmm. things I do. But with raising him, I just want to change the narrative. Like I want to break the generational cycle. Yes. You know, it's not just boys. Most of us grew up not being validated for feeling things yes, because, yeah. and I'm not putting blame on our parents. They didn't know any better. Well, they weren't validated. They weren't validated. And then they weren't validated. It's exactly. just like a whole, again, a generational yeah, cycle. Yeah, and as I you have said. some sort of hope. I don't know if I'm naive, but I have hope that this generation, mm-hmm. like our kids, are going to be different. Different. Mm-hmm. And I hear that from my clients. I hear that from pe- moms around me that are talking to their kids about feelings yes you know and validating and saying even my husband like he's not a therapist Mm -hmm. you know and and i'll overhear him sometimes being like oh you're feeling scared it's okay oh my gosh well i guess it's just (laughs) you we also just know so much more about the way children specifically like the way children's brains work at different ages and like what you should quote should or shouldn't yes. say at this time you know from what we know about the brain I think we just have much much more information exactly but I also do think more people are in therapy than ever because it's normalized but also we're talking about the virtual therapy it's so yes. much more accessible yeah than it ever has been absolutely ever absolutely. so I feel like this is at a time where and it sucks because sometimes when we talk about it we do feel I do feel like I'm being like well my parent generation sucks or like their parents generation and it they do in some ways, but they I mean, were trying we're gonna, their best. We're going to mess up, too. Like yes. I always say, and I mess up daily. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe my son will be in therapy talking about me. <laughs> and how, else, you yeah. know? But maybe he'll be talking about me. And so there is no right way to do this. Mm-hmm. But I do believe and have hope that we have a lot more information now that we didn't back then. Yeah. And we're having conversations that we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Like normalizing feelings is just so, I don't know, it's so cool. And then I have my son telling me, I feel a little bit sad. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's so cool (laughs) that you're talking about feeling sad. Note to Self is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I think about this quite a lot. Let me know if you're on the same page. I feel like my life is genuinely really good. Like, in my opinion, I'm the only one standing in my own way. Like, I just feel very lucky and feel very privileged. And like the things that happen in my brain sometimes can ruin it for me. And I'm just like, why do I keep, why do I keep doing this to myself? And the more I get out into the world and meet people and all these things, I realize how lucky I am. And I also almost get down on myself and feel very guilty for the way that I talk to myself in my brain. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, you're supposed to be the one that's happy. You know what I mean? Like I also am a person that knows what I should be doing and like what's good for me to be doing, but I cannot get myself to do it sometimes. Like, for example, go to sleep earlier so I can get enough sleep. That's a small example, but it's just like something that I continuously do. I know what's good for me and I'll like choose the opposite. So therapy really has helped me figure out what's holding me back in life. 
so I can work for myself instead of against myself. And I think this is a big thing that therapy has done for me. And I highly recommend it for anyone who feels the same way as I do. Therapy has taught me lots of like tips and tricks, so to speak, that involve like regulating my nervous system, like we're talking about in this episode, and just kind of being more aware of the thoughts that are circling around in my brain. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That is huge for me because finding the right therapist is almost like dating. You have to like really go to someone who gets you and you feel comfortable with so you can open up in the ways that you need to to really get what you need from therapy. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash note to self today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash note to self. So it's fall. We're back to school for those of you guys who are still attending school right now. For the rest of us, obviously, we are working, working, working. And Grammarly is so helpful in both of these cases. Okay, so in terms of school, when I think back to like my school projects or essays or anything like that, I find for me getting started is always the most difficult part. Staring at a blank slate at a blank page always overwhelms me. I mean, to this day, it still overwhelms me even when I'm about to go like, let's say plan an episode out. The hardest part is like kind of trying to figure out how to outline the episode and just get started that way. So Grammarly is an AI-powered writing assistant that helps you from start to finish, including starting your ideas, paraphrasing, and even citing your sources. Best of all, you can start using it for free right now, completely free. Y'all can try it out. So for me, Grammarly is really helpful when it comes to paraphrasing because I can be pretty long-winded. It's also really helpful for kind of starting projects, like I've said, with outlines. It's just It's a lovely resource to have when it comes to creating an outline for a podcast episode. So basically, you're just going to prompt Grammarly to help you literally with whatever you need help with. I can't believe that this is allowed (laughs) in terms of school because the number of research papers I had to write y'all back in college and I had to actually go and cite my sources myself is it's insane. Citing my sources when honestly... That was probably the worst part of any kind of paper that I ever did. And Grammarly can assist you with busy work like citing your sources, and it can generate them in seconds. And they can have them pre-formatted and ready to go, whether you use APA, MLA, or Chicago style. So truly, whatever you need, this kind of technology, I would have truly died for. Like It is life-changing. If y'all are in college right now, you have to try this. So getting started is not the hard part anymore. When you're stuck writing a paper. Grammarly can help you kick things off with ideas or outlines or tips. You can tell it to build an essay or lab report or a research paper outline. It can give you tips on how to write a strong thesis. Also, Grammarly can help polish your essay. You can say you want to simplify it, make it more academic or improve it. If you need feedback on your essay, Grammarly can provide ideas for improvement or identify any gaps in your paper. Grammarly is your essential tool to make the grade. Also, it works where you do. So Google Docs, Microsoft Word, and more for free. That's crazy. You can personalize your voice to make sure your writing is tailored to the reader for every paper and project. Again, Grammarly, especially for those of you 
in school is an absolute game changer. There's no reason why you should not be using Grammarly. So you'll wonder how you ever lived without Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash students to download and learn more about Grammarly. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash S-T-U-D-E-N-T-S. You know what I was talking about last week, actually, that I discovered somewhat recently that has changed my mind or my life is like that feelings wheel yeah. where it's like sad, mad, no. whatever. <laughs> and then it has like the smaller ones that are uh-huh. like, you know, what it more specifically is. And it is so difficult as a grown adult woman who is pretty in yes. tune with herself to figure out what I'm even feeling. So I want to talk about that. If that's yes. Okay with yeah, you, yeah, we can do that. I think it really starts so early on. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I worked with anchor management groups and I facilitated those groups, one of the most common things was like the question, what are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Would take a whole group session for for us to figure out what someone was feeling in the yes, group. Yes, of course. And I like how it's done collectively in the <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and and whenever then I saw, you know, clients in my private practice and woman, it was woman too. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is not just men struggling with this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what they feel because we never talked about feelings. Yeah. You know, if you cried, most likely your parent told you to either get over it or to move on or mm-hmm. maybe like it's going to be okay, even not in a bad way, right? Like Yes, they tried their best. Yes, they tried <laughs> their best and I don't want to take that away from them. But what they didn't know that we know now is mm-hmm. it's okay to feel things. Yes. It's even okay to be angry. Like mm-hmm. when we talked in anger management, I would always explain it's not the anger that's the issue. Mm-hmm. It's the aggression. It's the behavior that follows it. Yeah, it's the action. Yeah. Yeah. And so and what happens now and what I see in couples therapy and all across the board is adults now are suffering from not being able to identify their emotions. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're not able to express themselves and they're having so much conflict in relationships. Yes. And well, if you can't express yourself, you can't be understood. And then how how do you reach a common ground? And what's interesting is, especially in couples therapy, they're always expecting their partner to know what they feel. Exactly. And then when I turn the table, I'm like, so what is it that you feel? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I I have gone through this whole exact thing. (laughs) I had, I went through a breakup in last year in December and it was a pretty substantial one. We lived together and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think our biggest thing that we went through was the communication of the feelings. But then when I thought about it, I was like, maybe it's just that you know, we didn't specifically know what we yeah. were feeling a lot of the times. And you can't express something you can't exactly. understand yourself. And then you can't be understood if you don't express it. So it's exactly. just a full feedback loop that can be very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Because I think for me, I also I have really bad anxiety, for example. So I'll use myself as an example, as I do yeah. on this yeah. podcast a lot. When I feel things, you just get an o- I get an overwhelming rush of almost like adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And identifying that at first is always anxiety. It's the yeah. first feeling, yeah. right? And which I think is just fear most of the time, which is I think most things boil down to fear. A lot of insight. Yeah, (laughs) I've been been thinking about this. (laughs) But I do understand that feeling of, I think what we're going to talk about today is emotional flooding. Mm -hmm. Is that what you would call that? Almost like an adrenaline overwhelm? Yes. Okay. That's exactly what emotional flooding is. (laughs) And it's this feeling of it's uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. So we all get emotionally reactive to situations, right? We react to situations when something triggering happens, but emotional flooding is when it feels so out of control. Mm -hmm. So we might physically feel things like our heart is racing. We might feel shortness of breath. Mm -hmm. We might get sweaty palms. It almost 
And sometimes emotional flooding can lead to an anxiety attack. Yeah. Right? Whether with anxiety would be an anxiety attack. With anger, it would maybe turn into rage. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people feel all of these physical symptoms and then they get the rushing thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And there's an explosion that happens. Okay. And so it can manifest differently depending on what you're feeling. For Mm -hmm. sadness, it might be like excessive crying and just uncontrollable Mm -hmm. is the best way I can describe that. Do you think sometimes emotional flooding could even be instead of like maybe the fight rage response, more of like a flight or like turning inward, like maybe a shutting down? Would that be considered flooding as well? Yeah, it can be a complete shutdown and you would want to isolate and not like you can't even talk about anything in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say the emotional flooding happens usually once when things aren't processed. Mm -hmm. It can be because there's been trauma in the past or history of that. But typically it's when there's something unprocessed and like anxiety attacks too. If you're never dealing with your anxiety, eventually your body is going to find its way to express that. Yes. I actually have so many people in my life that I know that go through a lot of like health things Mm -hmm. or Physically, like aesthetically, you know, things are happening to them where they're gaining a lot more weight than normal or they're maybe losing a lot more weight than normal. Their hair is falling out. They're getting acne, things like that. And when I look sometimes at that, I'm like some of my friends that I know, especially living in a big city with a job that's pretty competitive, they dry themselves insane. And I think that I used to do that a little bit and I watched other people do it. And I was like, I, if there's anything important, I have to take a day off or just Mm -hmm. like fucking relax yeah <laughs> because i think they're so flooded and not they they move past things and yeah. do not process them because they're just on to the next on to the next again i do think it's a big city thing it's not it's just a big like, city it's society it's mm-hmm. what the world we live in right now the fact that like news and everything is on our phones we mm-hmm. can look up information in two seconds it's we have I, a lot of distraction a lot okay yeah cool. i really think and when i talk about parenthood too i'm like modern day parenthood is like i i mean i know our parents went through a lot but i yeah. can't the fact that we can just have this information in our hands and we're distracted and there's compared like mm-hmm. maybe before they compared themselves to like i don't know 20 people around them yeah that live next to each other mm-hmm. but now we have the whole world to compare ourselves mm-hmm. to Right. And whether that's parenting or career or relationships. Relationships, Yeah. There is so much out there. So it's so important for us to really learn these tools to know how to manage the anxious thoughts, the, you know, angry thoughts, Mm -hmm. what to do when we're triggered. And, you know, a lot of it is you can learn through therapy. And I, I, of course, I'm very biased. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because it's so much deeper than just anxiety or anger. Mm -hmm. It's like, when did we start feeling those things? Mm -hmm. What was the trigger point? When did it start? When the family was like this? There's so many questions. Like when I do therapy with a new client, the first few sessions I always focus on their upbringing, their childhood, Mm -hmm. their family dynamics, relationships, because I I truly believe that so much of the past impacts the present moment. Absolutely. And so a lot of unprocessed feelings that Mm -hmm. are showing up now and causing you to have this anxiety stuff from the past. Yes. So before we talk about processing, because I do want to speak on that because it's it's definitely something I need to learn more about because I've been trying to do so myself, but it would be great because I've been to a therapist in the last seven months. I don't think I kind of just like stopped and Mm -hmm. just, you know, had a little purging period of my own yeah it's hard like I I listened to you talking about it in the OKSIS podcast sometimes it's hard to find a therapist that you really connect with it's like dating or like finding a friend like it's just like someone who understands you but okay so you started therapy 
you started as a therapist. Mm-hmm. How long ago? How long have you been doing this? So I've been in the field since I was 18. I started working for a therapist as an assistant mm-hmm. as an 18-year-old. And then I became a certified anger management facilitator because you okay. don't need to have your master's for that. You can just mm-hmm. get trained. And so I worked by her side as I went through college, as I got my uh, master's degree. And mm-hmm. then I ended up doing my licensing hours and all of that with her. Mm-hmm. And she's my mentor, Anita Vidian. She's she's actually, she was uh, on a Kardashians episode. Okay, one cool. time. Yeah, she's like, she's- <laughs> Her claim she's, to fame. Yeah. She's truly the best, okay. like even, you know, before that. And so I learned a lot from her. And then I- worked under her group practice and then within a year I opened my own private practice I still rent the room in her office so I'm Mm -hmm. never too far from her oh that's amazing um but yeah so I've been in the field since I was 18 okay cool and you I think I read that you were inspired to go into this field because of your own relationship and watching relationships around you yeah my husband and I have been together since we were 16 okay so very long time long time yeah it's a lot to work through yeah we did have a like a tiny break in between Mm -hmm. but it really just it I mean it's not easy to be with someone for that long and that many also like not only that long, but life stages. Life stages, yes. That's a lot. Like yeah. the fact that you, when we talk about being different people, you know, yeah. three, four years ago, totally different person, yeah. Oh but God. when you're 16 to yeah. now, yeah, that is insane. I, I want to say we've, it's almost like we've been in with 10 different people while yes. we've been together. Yeah, yeah. Like, it sounds strange, but we've but been. I think that's important to look right? at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, like 10 different versions we've gone through and it's, it's not easy. And so, mm-hmm. I was always fascinated with relationships. And so when I took like my first psychology class, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is something I'm really interested in. And of course, I had no idea what it was all going to be about. Yes. And, and then, you know, focusing on women's well-being and relationships and now being really passionate about preparing, expecting parents for postpartum mm-hmm. because that was a stage of my life. And and. Like for the relationship too. Of course. I truly think it puts you through the ringer. Like, oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) And and then I'm so surprised. Like, why aren't we in therapy way before becoming parents? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we learning these tools way before this chapter? Yes. So learning yourself and understanding how to operate in situations that will be that will be very stressful. Yeah. My parents, my mom was 21 when she had me and my dad was Mm -hmm. 25. And my dad was in the military. So it was kind of like a... And it was a a bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. I was. So they weren't necessarily, they were just very young. And even talking to them now, they're like, my little brother is 12 years younger than me. Mm. And they're like, it's just so different. Yeah. Like we would have done things so differently. Obviously you can't, you know, you have to give yourself grace and all these things. But I really love how you're talking about how you kind of move through your field in a way that reflects your life. Yeah. And That's my really clients are too, interestingly enough. Yeah, I yeah. mean, of course, I see clients, you know, who aren't parents, who aren't even yeah, in yeah. relationships. But again, I, it's almost like I attract the similar, you mm-hmm. know, we're, <laughs> we're into similar things. Yes. And I love my clients. Well, you can also be compassionate. And I heard this in your OKSIS interview that you did, saying that modern therapists sometimes, you know, I guess therapists of the past were very prescriptive and very yes like you were just talking to a wall and like that's what it was (laughs) yeah and you were saying you don't like get involved and you don't like make it about you but you are able to use your own experience and kind of you know relate on a certain level which I think is so 
beautiful. Like Thank it just you. makes someone feel seen a little bit Thank more. You. And it, I think it makes therapy more comfortable if you're not just yeah. like talking yeah. to like literally a brick wall. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's been many times where I've shared something and I've had a client say like, I can't believe you go through that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I think we hold our own therapist to like a higher standard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when you hear like, oh, no, they mess up too. Like, I'm yeah. human too. Yes, you know? of course. And so and I have my own therapist and I've been seeing her and she definitely impacts the way I do therapy and Mm -hmm. you have to make sure to work through your own stuff before you show up in the room yes so when I was in postpartum I took about six months off to study for my board exam Mm -hmm. crazy no one do that ever looking back what what a time (laughs) yeah what was I thinking and I I remember thinking that I was going to go back in a month to work Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking I'm not an emotional like headspace yeah Yeah. I'm not in that place to go back and like hold space for someone else's feelings Mm -hmm. and so I really had to honor that and work through my own stuff before showing up for my clients yes and so I took thankfully you know I was lucky to be able to do that but I came back when I was ready to hold that space for them again you know what's interesting when you say this it reminds me of again a thing of the past that I remember hearing with my mom a lot or just like mothers of that time for example and this is just mostly like women I would say I think that people expect us and we expect ourselves to be unselfish. So sometimes if you're saying this, like I took my time to take care of myself so I could take care of other people better. I would think like the past generations would be like, well, you need to put yourself to the side so you can you can take care of other people. And I think that's one thing our generation has done incredibly well that I'm proud of us for is to look that in the face and be like, feel the guilt of maybe feeling like, is this selfish or not? And then being like, you know what? No, it's not. Yeah. Like I'm also one. I am the most important person in my life right now. So I need yeah. to figure that out. Yeah. But also you really do need to work on yourself yeah. before you can ever show up for anyone else or else you're going to find yourself being like codependent in some way Absolutely. or trying to fix someone <laughs> because you need to be, it's just a, a disaster. Yeah, it's I have, a disaster. I have so much to say about this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad <laughs> yeah. you brought that up because I truly think as women, you know, whether it's in a relationship or just in your own life, if if you don't have kids yet, especially in parenthood and motherhood, mm-hmm. there's this idea that a woman is the self-sacrificing being. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, a woman who works and is a mom and she has to still do her housework, she has to still do all the things, pay attention to her husband, mm-hmm. take care of herself, see her friends. I mean, when Not I tell you, in the day. it's no it's, way, but it's impossible. It's right? impossible. And and I think but that's what we saw. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw growing or up. Or at with. least a facade of it. Yes. Yeah. And what I see now, and in my culture, I'm Armenian, and okay. women are very giving. Like all mm-hmm. the moms are like, work really hard in the kitchen yeah, and provide yeah. for the whole family. Mm-hmm. And their hands will be like so tired and their body will be so tired, mm-hmm. but they will still have a smile on their face. Now, as a therapist and as a mom, when I see, I yeah. see them actually struggling. Of you know? course. I see them unhappy maybe in their marriages because they gave so much to the to their children like they really gave everything Everything. I know my mom did I'm an only child yeah and she always tells me like I gave everything for you and I I appreciate it so much but at the same time I wish she took care of herself I have the same exact feelings yeah you know and it made me I think that also is a huge part of my life of Mm -hmm. self-care and paying attention to me and my relationship like I've Mm -hmm. always said when I have a child I have to make sure that it's my husband and I and then our baby. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. Which a thing of the past. Them. Yeah. 
that wasn't a thing. No. It was definitely like a no. woman saying that out loud. Yeah. I feel like it's very taboo. Totally. You know what I mean? Until yeah. now. Yeah. Because we know now like that that is an important way to be for the sake of your child. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? And yourself and yes. your own happiness. And I always say with kids, it's kind of sad, but one day they're going to move out. Mm-hmm. They're going to get married or go to college. They want to have their own lives too. And then you're going to be with your husband or your mm-hmm. partner. And then what? Yeah. You better have a good relationship because <laughs> yeah. you're going to be together then. That's not, there's no more glue there. You know no. what I mean? No. So it's, yeah. and it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. Like it's really difficult to keep at it, but I don't know. I just think there's this pressure on women to do all the things. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. And it's it's hard for you. And then I'm not going to lie also that I feel guilt sometimes too for taking care of myself. I'm like, oh, but should I? Should I not? Should I get that massage right now? Mm -hmm. We were on a family trip, like the three of us for just a one night staycation. And I was like, I'm not going to get a massage. Like it's about him. We're just here to have fun with him. And I woke up and I remember like, I think I need a massage. My husband's like, oh, get it up. We'll be together. We'll play. My husband sounds like the freaking best. <laughs> He's like, you can do whatever you want all day. Yeah. And, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, but this is the message that has been created by society. Yeah. By things we saw growing up. Mm-hmm. In my head, the guilt is saying, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, of course. Stay back. I went and got the massage. It was oh, amazing. Okay. An act of rebellion. <laughs> yeah. An act of for you. Yeah. But um, it's like, and but when my husband needs a haircut, you think he asks me or like, no. he's like, I got a haircut. I scheduled See a you haircut. Later. Yeah. Bye. This episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. All right, y'all. Stitch Fix totally gets me. Yes, I have a stylist. She's a fashion expert who shops for me and knows exactly what I like. And maybe more importantly, what I do not like, what will fit me. And she sends me pieces in my budget. She really just makes shopping easier. So if you're someone who doesn't like the process of shopping in person, shopping online, I feel like it can be very overwhelming. And some of us just honestly don't have time. I feel like it's a huge part of my job and I don't even have time. So I'm sure many of you are like, where do I start? And also, I don't want to start. And I also just want to live my life and I don't have to worry about this. Stitch Fix really is the answer to this. Basically, you're going to get matched with a stylist and she will get to know the ins and outs of what you like, like I said, and what you don't like. And it just makes shopping so much more simple. So Stitch Fix is the best way to shop new styles and brands. You're going to think of them as your style partner. Your stylist will learn about your taste and collaborate with you on looks you'll love without breaking the bank. Basically, you're simply going to share your style, sizes, and budget with a quick style quiz, and Stitch Fix sends you five items in a fix, what they call their shipments, right to your door. With your choices in mind and sizes from XS to 3XL, they will find your perfect fit. Then you can try everything on at home. You can keep what you like and send back the rest. Shipping and returns are always free. They have over a thousand brands and styles. So no matter what season of life you're in or what season of the year it is, Stitch Fix has you covered. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular fixes. You are completely in control. Over time, Stitch Fix and their season style experts will match you with greater precision to perfect pieces for you based on your likes and dislikes. It's so, so, so easy. So when I took my style quiz, I kind of, it ended up showing that my style was actually pretty simple. Like I've said a million times before, I think for fall, I like to go pretty clean and basic, kind of that like old money aesthetic look, which I think is very simple, minimal labels, really good fits and classic pieces. So 
I got a lot of that in my fix, some really great denim. I overall kept everything in my fix. So that was super easy. Again, delivered directly to your door and shipping is free and returns are free. So literally couldn't be easier. So thanks, Stitch Fix. They just get me and they'll get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com slash note to self and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash note to self, stitchfix.com slash note to self. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. I've said it before, but I wasn't super on board with the idea of summer ending, except for the fact that it means fall fashion, cozy outfits. I just love fall style. I love the colors. I love the trends. It's so chic and unbeatable. And heading into winter as well with holiday dressing, I'm actually very excited about this. So Saks.com is making it easy for me to elevate my every day. What an iconic place to shop fashion online. Of all of the fun ways to shop Saks.com, my favorites have to be shopping by their curated shops. So you can shop by trend. So you can do like quiet luxury or 90s revival. I'm very big on the quiet luxury look for fall. I think it's just so chic, so simple, so elevated, and Saks has all of the best quiet luxury look goods. Or you can shop by vibe, so like cozy vibes or disco vibes. I've been going to a lot of disco-related parties lately, so that's actually very timely. You can shop by star sign, or you can shop by situation, so like date or revenge dressing. You know we absolutely love that. A couple other things I saw on the website are like the power suiting moment, the it accessories, or a full fall wardrobe refresh. So this is really good for those of you who need some inspiration heading into fall for what you want to do with your wardrobe this season. I do want to touch on revenge dressing for a second because I feel like that's such a trend right now. And it's actually one of my favorite things. When I go out at night, I'm like revenge dressing all the way. At Saks.com, you can shop by situation like this. So you can find the perfect revenge dress from brands like Christopher Esber, which I've seen everybody wearing lately. I'm obsessed. And Colt Gaia, another classic fave. So if you're like me and you're always looking for easy ways to try new trends and a little direction in that category, or if you want a new wardrobe that fits the era that you're in, then I suggest switching your inspiration scrolling for all of your outfits to Saks.com for new ways to shop for everything every day. So I I love that you say this too, because especially when it comes to my own experience with my mom, she was really young when she had me and my dad was gone a lot. And that was hard for her, obviously. And she did have to pour a lot into us. And she didn't, she stopped working. She's still, my brother's still at home. He's 18 now. Yeah. Uh, He'll be leaving this next year. So she's had children for the last 30 years. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'll be 30. And she really gave up a lot of herself. And at some point, though, it becomes not good for the child sometimes. I think it becomes like, one, not only are you being modeled this, that you will have to do this one day as a woman, yeah. or my brother's being modeled, a woman's going to have to do this for you one day. Yeah. But also it does, it will weigh on you as a mother mm-hmm. and you do start acting in ways that maybe you are not proud of or you're overwhelmed, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And then a child starts feeling almost, in my opinion, responsible for your happiness. Absolutely. And you're doing all of these things for the sake of your child. And then it just ends in, 
you know, them feeling responsible for your happiness sometimes. And you're like, I, it's hard to have a right answer, obviously. Because again, like we said, it's hard to go in and like not traumatize your kid. (laughs) And we're all going to do it in whatever way. But I'm really happy to have learned that lesson. It sounds like you did too, where like, you just got to go get the massage and yeah. what it's 50 minutes. Like yeah. you can still do all the things with yeah. your kid, but get the 50 minute massage. Yeah. That's fine. And, and you know, I, that's such a good point because it's kids become responsible mm-hmm. for their parents' feelings. Of they course. feel responsible. And then the other part is moms become resentful towards their partner. Yeah. Like there's this inner anger, just like mm-hmm. it's there, yes. you know, no matter how much you're this amazing person who's giving your all and all of that. But mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, you're exhausted, exhausted, right? Like I don't even know. Like, so I live by myself right now and I work for myself so I can yeah. control my own time that I work. And there's lots of days where I don't I feel like I give a lot emotionally to my job. I sit especially on a mic yeah. and talk about a lot of things that most people would not want to share yeah. with, like even their closest friends. So it, it just takes an emotional toll. I will Absolutely. say at this point in my career, it doesn't take a ton of time if I don't want it to, you mm-hmm. know? So even then, even with all of that, I have no children. Yeah. I find it hard to do my job and even clean my my apartment yeah. and make myself food. Yeah. <laughs> so I do not know how exhausted I would be yeah. if I had two kids. I follow this one girl on TikTok who her whole shtick is she makes lunches. She calls it like, lunch in the trailer park for my three sons as a single mom wow okay so she's making these like very unique Mm -hmm. and inexpensive but kind of extravagant lunches and I'm just like you could hear the kids in the background and I am just in awe of people like that because again me just cooking for myself and then doing the dishes yeah I'm like oh my I'm like already horizontal I'm tired that's that's the thing it's like I think just being in the in today's world mm-hmm. is tiring exhausting exhausting well there's and so much information and too much information too and much so, stuff yeah to know <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely and so you know i just really think it's important for us to do our own work mm-hmm. get to know ourselves get to know what our triggers are that's one of the things that comes up in relationships like yeah. number one thing that comes up yes it's like Couples come in to learn how to communicate, mm-hmm. but it's because they don't know what their triggers are. Yes. And they don't know how to express it. And then their emotions. They and don't know what they're want- feeling. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's yeah. such a doubt. It's so simple, but it's just so difficult. It's so hard. I know logically because mm-hmm. I'm a very I'm very good, as my therapists in the past would say, at like rationalizing mm-hmm. things. I don't know the word they used exactly, but I basically try to make logic of my own feelings. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you're not feeling feeling them you're not like you have an understanding of what's happening but it's not changing the fact that you are feeling these things and then Mm -hmm. you're reacting out of fear and anxiety which is the basis of a lot of you know reactions like that anger is all everything's tied to fear I've noticed in my life at least which is why that connection with my nervous system is so important for Mm -hmm. me to learn how to just kind of calm everything down not even yeah not even just in the moment but overall so I can prime myself for moments of stress because I know it's they're coming in my yeah. life, you know, but when it comes to, let's say, emotional processing, what does that even mean in your opinion? So getting comfortable with discomfort mm-hmm. is one of the most important things you can learn to okay. do it when it comes to processing your feelings, because most of us weren't comf- weren't given the comfort to do that. Yes. Right? OK. So, you know, like right now, if my son is crying and I have the time and energy to yeah. <laughs> do this because not every time that happens, I'll yeah. let him feel it. 
Mm-hmm. So let's say I say something like, you know, no more TV. It's time for dinner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I want to watch TV. And I'm like, you can be upset. But the boundary is it's time for dinner and we're going to turn it off. Let's say. Yeah. And letting him just feel the sadness of it. Mm-hmm. And when I first started parenting, that was so triggering for me, the crying. Yeah. And I think crying in general for all of us, it like takes our body into this like panic state. Absolutely. And so learning to let him be, Mm -hmm. learn how to be comfortable with his discomfort. And then for myself, learning to be comfortable in his discomfort in a strange way. Of course. And that applies to us, to anybody, right? Like when we feel something, it's okay to feel it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in relationships, what will happen is, let's say you want to do something for yourself you feel guilty and mm-hmm. your partner says, I don't know, let's say, let's say that spa situation. And my husband yeah. was like, oh, like, are you sure you want to go? But let's spend time together. Mm-hmm. Getting comfortable with discomfort would be, I know I really need this right now for myself. Mm-hmm. So he can feel whatever he's feeling. Yes. And I'm still going to go and do this. It's the ultimate. You're not responsible for <laughs> yes. their emotions. Yes. Okay. And I think that's huge. Like mm-hmm. the second. And when it comes to your own parents too. The second yeah. you realize we are not responsible for someone else's feelings. Mm-hmm. You create that distance and you don't personalize it. Yes. Because then what happens if I don't do the thing for myself? Mm-hmm. I become maybe resentful. Maybe I have an attitude mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. And then we end up having a big fight. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Right? And most of the time, if it's a healthy relationship, that partner will feel what they're feeling. If they have a huge issue about it, they'll talk to you about it. Yes. But let that person deal with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we have to deal with our own stuff. Yes. So how do we process emotions? So I would say first, you need to figure out what your triggers are. And I mean, like, sit down with a pen and paper Mm -hmm. and say, what gets me upset? What are the things that, like, really make my body go into this emotional flooding state. Yes. Okay. And write it down. And so we all have different triggers and triggers are unresolved events from the past. Mm -hmm. So let's say, I don't know, this camera, okay, for me might be this huge trigger because I don't know if something from the past and Mm -hmm. for you might be like nothing at all. Yeah. Maybe my friend and I fought over this camera. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So even though it's not the camera, that's the issue. It's how we perceive it. Mm-hmm. This is the first thing I saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's how we perceive it. It's what our experience is with it. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times people think that it's we have this thing to blame on, but it's how we're viewing the situation. So first okay. get to know what those triggers even are. Which is really difficult. Yeah. Because that can be really, for me, I know that sometimes when it comes to my own triggers, which I won't get into the actual triggers, but learning the triggers feels like weakness. You know what I mean? Mm. So then I'm like, oh, that's where I'm weak. And then you're like, that's not a trigger for me. Like, Can you I'm tell fine me with that. more about that? Okay, let's say there aren't any that I can think of that I would like say on, yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm still working but through some of them. But what makes you we- feel weak? It's almost like, okay, there's this trigger. Maybe let's say I had a trigger around my hair. Mm-hmm. What if that was it? So like, what yeah. if I grew up with my hair was... I'd, I don't know. What That's I a good the, example. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of like what would be embarrassing about hair. Of, yeah, if they made fun like, of. What if like, I had super curly hair sure. that I was embarrassed by because sure. it people called me frizzy or something like that, yeah. which now I wish I wish I had curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I wish I had now. But what if I that's a, a trigger for me. And then for me to talk about my hair, it makes me feel guilty because then I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so surface level. And then you start feeling like, OK, well, that's shameful of you to be triggered of something that doesn't really matter like your hair so you start misjudging yourself and then you block it away so you don't think okay the trigger is my hair 
but you almost hide the trigger for yourself because you're embarrassed about your own trigger. So that for happens me, to me. It's the feeling that matters. Okay. Got it's it. It's not necessarily what it is. Like I mm-hmm. said, it could be this camera. Yeah, yeah. But it's your experience and your feelings that you felt during that time. Mm-hmm. So like maybe you felt bullied. Yeah. Maybe you felt really alone and afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you had anxiety form around that time. So that's the part that I'm like, I get confused by because it's again, the feeling part that you have to identify. Yeah. So we're back to the feelings. Yeah. Wheel. I'm like, yeah. what did I feel? So really when you go to identify your triggers, because I've done this recently, mm-hmm. I actually talked about this in the last episode, okay. but journaling and stuff like that. Sitting down to do that, I just wanted to note for anyone who might do that, for me was really yeah. hard. Not necessarily emotionally, but trying to peel back yeah. enough to understand what I was feeling, what even triggered me and what the trigger was. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's when, of course, like I think therapy would help yeah, it you would be good. Yeah. get to the bottom. If you're if you sit down to do this and you're struggling, mm-hmm. this is where a therapist can really help you get to the bottom of it. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if you sit down and things come up, you, you know, you can get to the bottom of mm-hmm. it. But a lot of times people struggle because there's layers and layers. Of course. Yeah. Of maybe defense mechanisms. Maybe That's you're not thinking. allowing yourself to go yes. there. Right. Yes. And so therapists would it open. Help it. Yeah, yeah. That would be <laughs> um, awesome. You know, and, and it's hard and it, it takes time. Sometimes I'll have clients literally look at a list of feelings to identify. And a lot of times it's masked by, let's say, anger. It's masked by other things that, mm-hmm. you know, in session I'll have them work through. Meaning anger typically is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. It's like a surface level feeling. We usually feel something a little bit more vulnerable inside. Underneath, yeah. Underneath it. And so we cover it up with anger because it's easier. It's easier to be pissed off than to Mm -hmm. say I feel alone or I feel unloved. Mm -hmm. And so getting to the bottom of that, especially in couples therapy, it's like a game changer. Of course. When you have a partner that says, I can't stand you. You never listen to me Mm -hmm. versus... I feel so unheard when I try to reach out to you. Yes. It's like. So night and day. Yeah. Different. It's so different to receive. Yes. Uh, I think one thing too about my experience with this, which I think a lot of people could probably relate is I honestly and luckily don't have that much big T trauma Mm -hmm. in my life. You know what I mean? Very obvious moments where you're like, okay, that's when that's something that's definitely going to trigger me. You know what I mean? Being a woman. Well, I think we all have a little bit of big T trauma just by living, but Little T trauma is the thing that is the it's harder to uncover, in mm-hmm. my opinion, and mm-hmm. figure out why you're acting this way. Because you look back on your I look, look at my childhood and I'm like, I was always provided for what I needed. You know, yeah. you go to those those initial physical things that you had. Yeah. Both parents were in the home and you kind of overlook a lot of things, which is, I would assume, little T trauma. Yeah. And it's hard to identify those things, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why therapy is helpful for that, because it, yeah. it, you do get to talk through things and Absolutely. and figure out those little T traumas, which yeah. will help with the trigger. And that's why for me, I, I like to spend the time on talking about childhood because sometimes, you know, clients will be like, I don't really have any traumas or anything yeah. like that happened. Mm-hmm. And then as we talk about it, maybe we learn the dynamics in the family. Maybe mm-hmm. we learn about the messages that were spoken at home yeah. or a friendship that had an impact that you didn't think it, it did. So mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of different factors. Yes. It's not just, you know, big traumas that happen and impact us, but it could mm-hmm. be little things that happen. That build up over time. Absolutely. Okay, so we're identifying the triggers. Yeah. That's the, kind of the first step. Identify triggers, figure out what your feelings are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to give my clients prompts for journaling because journaling is powerful, yes, mm-hmm. but it's how it's done. Yes. So if I'm writing for like 10 minutes and I'm writing how pissed off I am, and how angry I am. Sure, yeah. that's a release. But it's not getting my logical part of the brain to turn on. Mm-hmm. So typically what happens when we're triggered by something is our emotional part of the brain gets activated. Our mm-hmm. logic turns off. That's okay. why we might say things we might not mean. Mm-hmm. We might do things we might not mean. And so one of the things that's important to do in moments like that when you're triggered is pausing. And our okay. brain doesn't know how to do that because mm-hmm. it's designed to fight, flight, or freeze, right? And it's designed to protect. And so we now need to kind of rewire the brain Mm -hmm. and teach it how to pause before reacting. Yes. And that takes practice because for all of our lives, we've, you know, well, also before us forever and ever just to survive on the earth. It was exactly, it was quick reactions. It was quick reactions. And we don't have that danger, same danger yet. And so we need to teach the brain to react differently. And so I would say, if you're in a relationship, Mm-hmm. To have a plan in place when things get really triggering, the person who needs the space to say something like, this is before the fight, like when things are calm, you have a okay. plan. When we argue, if things get escalated, I'm going to ask for a timeout mm-hmm. and I will be back in 15 minutes, whether it's an hour, you decide the time mm-hmm. and we will continue the conversation when I'm calm. Okay. And that lets the other person know that you're not just abandoning the mm-hmm. conversation and you're going to come back. Because the emotions are so high, whatever you're going to talk about in that moment, if you don't take the time to figure out what you're even feeling, it's not going to be productive. Yes. And so when you walk away, I recommend that you pull out your phone. If you have a pen and paper, you Mm -hmm. sit down with your feelings. You sit with it. You don't go on Instagram and distract yourself. You don't journal and write how pissed off you are. You Mm -hmm. process. Okay. So you ask things like, What's my trigger in this situation? What got me upset? Mm -hmm. Maybe he invalidated my feelings. Okay, why is that such a trigger for me? Well, growing up, you know, nobody ever heard me when I talked at home. And so I know that's coming from the past. Yes. Okay, what is it that I need from him? I need him to listen to me and maybe put away his phone when he's talking to me because that makes me feel unheard. Okay. Okay, so now we know what you feel, what your trigger is, what you need from your person. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we don't even, when we're in the moment, you don't even know what you need. Yeah, yeah. And what's an alternative way to handle this, or what's okay. a different way to look at it? So then you realize the issue is really about me. This is my trigger from the past mm-hmm. because I felt invalidated at home. Yes. It has nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. If you're in a healthy relationship. <laughs> yes. Most absolutely. Of it, mostly. Healthy. Yes, yeah. yes. That matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you go back and you say, you know what? I think I got triggered by this because this is something that I it's my stuff that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So next time, now that you know my trigger, do you think that maybe we can put the phone aside and have a one on one conversation so I feel heard? Yes. This is an ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But but I want to say through enough practice, you can have a lot more moments like that. Mm-hmm. It's a great framework because that's one thing I think. When it comes to this topic, like we're talking about the processing of emotions, I've heard that term forever. And when I actually sit down to think, I'm like, 
the fuck does that even mean? Like, yeah. how do I do it? So I'm glad that you gave some tangible tips because that's really helpful for yeah. myself, even especially the journaling part. Or for me, I, I like journaling because I like physically writing yeah. it. But it is therapeutic in a sense. Again, not the maybe the expression of anger, but getting down to the bottom of it yeah. and just having a moment with yourself to understand and what's going on. And it's a release on. and what it's doing to the brain. Mm-hmm. It's turning the logical part on. Okay. I don't know if you've heard like anger tips of count to 10 or take a deep breath. Yeah, That's yeah. all done to get the logical part mm-hmm. turned on. Okay. So the goal in those moments is to get the logic turned on so you're not just emotionally triggered, but you're thinking through what happened. Yeah. That's what I do for anxiety. It's like the yeah. five things I can see. Yes. Yeah, that whole thing, yes. like two things you could touch, like yes. whatever it is. And that grounds you. So mm-hmm. those things don't necessarily... Here's the thing. I call them kind of Band-Aid because they ground you. Yes. They take you out of that headspace. But now you got to think of what happened that got me anxious. Yes. And I think that's the thing with the whole nervous system regulation that Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot, not even only in relationships, but ever. It puts you in a fight or flight, you know, situation. And it's so hard to live in that world, in that realm for too long. Because not only is it unhealthy, but also like you're going to make decisions that just aren't who you want to be whether it's yourself in life yeah. or just or in a relationship or as a mother or whatever it is. Yeah. So is this something that you do yourself? Is you Do you do this like maybe yeah. this tactic for processing? Yeah. I mean, I have an anxious brain myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, through therapy and my work and being in the field, I've made so much progress uh, to where I used to be and how I yeah. react to things. But then again, I'm still human. And yeah. when things get overwhelming, I definitely get anxious and the same feelings. And, you know... I'm learning more to the processing part. I feel like I've gotten better at, but to really sit with the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I challenge my clients to do that all the time, but to really sit with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like I say it, I preach it, but it's also me learning to do with that, whether it's the discomfort of my child tantruming Mm -hmm. and learning to validate his emotions, whether it's my own stuff that comes up. And sitting with it means literally just sitting with it. Like, like actually sitting there. Yeah, like I'm yeah. feeling anxiety. I'm having all the anxious thoughts and right now. And maybe not judging yourself yeah. for it. And just letting it yeah. be there. I, I kind of like to think of it as like a cloud mm-hmm. that's passing by. Instead of, we can't get rid of anxiety. Yeah. We can't get rid of anxious thoughts. Especially mm-hmm. if you have a brain that's designed like that. Yes. Everyone has anxiety, but if you, we can't get rid of any feeling. And so think of these things as thoughts like mm-hmm. the anxious thought or a feeling and it's a it's a cloud mm-hmm. and whenever we're in it it's in front of us and it's literally clouding our ver- our yeah, vision yeah. and as we sit with it maybe it floats maybe it's around us but mm-hmm. it's not like blocking us from seeing what's in front of us and it isn't us yes yeah it's, it's a separate. part of us yeah, yeah yeah and I, I i love that kind of work as well in my practice okay. of doing parts work Mm-hmm. I truly think that we over identify with parts of us, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm anxious and that's just who I am. Yeah. We really start revalidating yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's about knowing who your true self is and having these other parts. Like, my anxious part is a passenger on the bus, mm-hmm. she's not the driver. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she might want to be the driver. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> sometimes I will say I've, I've worked on that a lot lately, but I had my friend Anna Grace on and she does a lot, she's very spiritual, does a lot of spiritual work. And she's talking about how it's hard for her to it was hard for her to take that part away from her identity. Yeah. Because even when something's negative, sometimes when you identify with it for so long, it really does become a part of you. It's almost like a crutch. 
it's a it sounds strange, but there is no bad parts. They're yeah. there to protect us yes. in some way. So it becomes a part of us mm-hmm. because it's trying to protect us from maybe mm-hmm. getting hurt. And we over identify with it sometimes mm-hmm. and we we think it's us. Like yes. we think it's that's who we are. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier to just be like, Well, I'm just anxious. Yeah. It's just who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like the anger thing. It's just easier. Absolutely. To feel the anger yeah, it's <laughs> without being nuanced. Work. It's a lot of Or giving work. yourself grace. Okay, so I was going to ask you, because you said something earlier. Oh, holding space. Because mm-hmm. kind of right now we're talking about sitting with our own emotions, which is kind of holding space for ourselves. What about holding space for other people, especially in you know a relationship or in a family mm-hmm. dynamic? How would you... This is something I've... I haven't really struggled with it, but I've been trying to... F- I want to do a full episode on it. Yeah. Then I was like, do I need a full episode to do this? Really? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. What do you think holding space looks like for others? Because now we know how to do it for ourselves, sitting there with the emotions, mm-hmm. letting ourselves feel it, maybe not judging ourselves for it, and then turning the logic side of our brain on and trying to not over-rationalize, yeah. but kind of get out of that, mm-hmm. you know, and not identify with it too much. So, and what do you think that looks like, let's say, in a relationship to hold space for your partner? I think it's important to ask if they need advice from you or if mm-hmm. they just need you to listen. Okay. Interestingly enough, it's usually the men that are trying to fix. Yeah. But regardless, I think sometimes, you know, we might want advice. We might want or we might just want someone to listen. Mm-hmm. And so the same applies when someone comes to you to release their feelings or to express their feelings and kind of like dump mm-hmm. <laughs> on you. It's important to ask, what is it that you need from me? Okay. Because we can't read each other's mind. That's like one of the things I want to say is like the biggest misconception. No matter, And my husband and I haven't known each other for a very long time. Yes. That idea of I can read your mind. No, that's not real. Well, it's not real. One, and we <laughs> talked about you, you're 10 different people. And yeah. like, you know, the, the, the time you've been together, like yeah. getting to know yourself is hard enough every single day because yes. you're changing yourself. So having to have the, having the responsibility of knowing someone else's thoughts and feelings oh is just God. not something that no. I want in this life. No. And yeah. it's, it's just about a simple question of what mm-hmm. is it that you need from me right now? Do yes. you want me to just listen to you and validate or do you want me to come up with a solution? And yeah. I think that's such a game changer of a question because mm-hmm. now and now your partner knows that you're tuned in, you're yes. listening and you're going to give what they actually want from you. What's interesting about when you're talking about this is so in my last relationship, we kind of we became the partnership because we were together for two and a half years. We were living together at that point. But we went from being in this like romantic kind of mm-hmm. thing into a very realistic relationship, which I thrive in. I like to be straightforward. I love romance, but like I like to be straightforward. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> yeah. want a partner. Yeah. I don't need to be in a love story. But it's really interesting. And I think it is a romantic in its own way, yeah. obviously. But it's interesting that when you think about how we portray love just in general and society, things like that. It's never this realistic way. It's very like everything's beautiful unicorns and roses. I always try not to do that. Obviously, I didn't ever want to out my my partner and like tell his deepest, darkest yeah. emotional secrets on the Internet. So I always hoped that I never portrayed it was perfect, obviously. But mm-hmm. even I'm thinking about movies specifically. Yeah. You don't really see any of this almost like very unsexy business partner talk yeah where you're like how do you want me to handle this situation right now because it's not you can be soft of course but it's not that like typical 
crazy love that you yes. see so much. And that subsides. Like, mm-hmm. it's not when they say the honeymoon stage, that's yeah. not just the saying. Your brain is actually releasing chemicals like feel good hormones in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's why everything is so exciting. And as things, you know, continue and develop, yeah. uh, then things kind of calm down and you really get to know a different side of that person. And yes, it's important to keep the romance alive. But like, let's face it, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Love is not easy. Not at all. It's a verb. It's like something you have to do. You have to put effort. You choose. You choose. Yeah. And it's really difficult. And I think that, you know, even even in, in parenthood, I used to think before I was in this field that you're not supposed to fight in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. And now I know that it's about it's okay if arguments happen, like, you know, raising your voice. Of course, nothing that's Rare inappropriate. Children, yeah. yeah. But it's about the repair that happens. Like mm-hmm. kids need to see that arguments are normal. Yes. It happens to everybody mm-hmm. and that you repair after. Because mm-hmm. most of us either some people either saw nothing at all. Like my parents, they say my parents never fought or they saw something that was really traumatic. Right. Yeah. But no, there was not an in-between of like argument happens, repair happens, and the child gets to see what a relationship is like. Yes, it's like an emotional cycle that you're watching. Yeah. yeah. That's actually really interesting that you say that because I have always thought for so long that maybe the not seeing the fighting. Because again, I grew up, m- me and my ex-partner who at this point were getting back together. But <laughs> I, so I bring it up because we've been talking about this stuff a lot. Yeah. But like we grew up in two completely separate it was two extremes. Mm-hmm. And I think now, because sometimes I think oh, one's better than this, like one more seeing more emotion is better mm-hmm. and then not seeing any emotions actually better because it's, you know, yeah. but it kind of skews both of us in a way that we don't exactly like you're saying. I never even thought about, OK, the argument's fine. Yeah. It's almost like the feeling is fine. Mm-hmm. But the repair is yes. the important part to see. Yeah. And even, you know, when couples come for a couples therapy, they'll be like, oh, we had a good week. We didn't fight. And I was yeah. like, no, that's not the point. <laughs> it's OK that you guys fight. It's yeah, yeah. OK for it to happen. But I want to know, what was the repair like? Mm-hmm. Did you guys have a sit down? Did you talk about validate each other's feelings? Yeah. Right. Or did you brush it under the rug? And then that's going to escalate and bring up more fights to happen. That's yeah. So I think that that's where the repair is really getting me, because even yeah. like there's also the combo of like you see the fight and then no repair and everything. Yes. Everyone's just like, OK, fine. It's over. Like the emotions are done yeah. now. So there's no more fighting anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, what the, the fuck just happened? The result <laughs> of a family where there's no fights at all. Mm-hmm. What I see in clients is that results in any time that person is in a relationship and slightly anything is not normal yeah they panic and they want to leave because mm-hmm. it's not a good relationship yeah. anymore in their eyes yeah. yeah so it's really learning how to how to argue in a healthy way because mm-hmm. arguments like i said anger is a normal human emotion especially if you're going to spend your whole life with someone and you're going to be like like you have yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. at this point more of your yeah. life than not yeah and you've seen probably this person he's seen you th- through Lots of emotions, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Things that are sad, things that are really yeah. piss you off. Yeah. I think that's such a, so that's a great way to hold space is yeah. what we're getting around to is, yeah. <laughs> is allowing that and also allowing for each other to be upset with each other and mm-hmm. then learning the repair process. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I definitely, I need everything to be broken down. Like I'm very logical. Yeah. So again, I'm making I, the emotions yeah. logical. Yeah. But I like that also you combine the emotion, feeling the emotion with the logical side of yeah, the brain. Yeah, it's important to feel. It's important to sit with that discomfort mm-hmm. and say, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Like, yeah. this does not feel good. 
but I'm just going to hold space for it because we were not given that opportunity. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're reparenting yourself. Yes. Which is a whole nother topic yeah. <laughs> that I am so obsessed with. So I'm yeah. to have you back yeah. on. Also, I want to note my ex and I not together right now. Oh, really? Okay. She's single. <laughs> okay. It's a process. Yeah. I actually want to do a whole episode. Should we actually successfully get back together about <laughs> successfully getting back together with yeah. an ex and what that looks like? Because yeah. I don't think I'm not the person that's like, okay, all right, let's get back at it real quick. We need to yeah. we need to figure out, you know, yeah, the details. I think so much growth can happen while you're apart and yes. you choose to still go back to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a little break. It was like eight months long. Ours when, is nine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <nice>. yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, we were very young. It was early 20s. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But it gave so much perspective to both of us. I, I truly think you know, it was for the best because I got to know who I am without him. Mm-hmm. We got to know things that we didn't know about each other, like how to communicate better, what what was important, what wasn't. Well, also with space, you start understanding the things that you did mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. I, I'm a big clean up my side of the street first yeah. kind of person, even at a time when my friends were like, we hate him, like all this <laughs> stuff. He didn't really do anything like yeah. horrible at all. Yeah. But he, they were not you know, your friends are going to stick up for you no matter what. But I'm very much like, I'm going to clean up my side of the street. And for the last nine months, I've just been, it's empowered me. It's made me like excited to be alive again. I got to live, uh, living just only for yourself after you live with someone for a while. It's just like, you think about them every day. Yeah. What you're going to eat today. What we're, like you, You're worried about it. You know yeah. what I mean? And you do it naturally, even in a healthy way. It's it's yeah. impossible not to. But that it's been essential for me. But it's mm-hmm. been interesting to see. We talk about, you know, you being a, a bunch of people with your husband mm-hmm. since they all have met. Even in that that time period of nine months, how much you can be version. like, whoa, like yeah. a lot has changed. Yeah. And I really think it's about putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's about the only person you can control is yourself. Yes. You can't control the person in front of you. So mm-hmm. so you can work on the things about you and what you can do differently. Mm-hmm. And if the relationship still doesn't work, then you know that. You Absolutely. Yeah. And communicate the boundaries and all that stuff. But that's another one. I, I need to like, you just need to, to be the therapist. Oh, and the note to self-therapist yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. You have really, I feel like we talk about trying to find your therapist. Mm-hmm. I feel like you, similarly to the, the people I like to follow on social media, the podcast I like to listen to the way you word things makes sense Mm. to me specifically like you know just like when that aligns it's really nice yeah and I hear a lot from note to self listeners I'll see in our we have a little Geneva app or people will dm me and say like okay what you just said this week was quite literally exactly (laughs) what I wanted or I needed to hear I guess and I'm going through this right now so I just love that I feel very aligned I feel like the audience is gonna feel super aligned (laughs) with you as well so thank you so much for coming on where can everyone find you on social media if they'd like to follow you at therapy with Guyana that's (laughs) G-A-Y-A-N-E okay and on my website therapywithguyana.com okay cool and we'll link everything in the show notes you'll go find Guyana and thank you so much for listening please give note to self five stars on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening if you have time leave a review but it's really the rating I love seeing like the number go up I'm like so, yeah. so exciting and thank y'all for listening I'll talk to y'all next week thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode you can catch a new episode of note to self every Thursday please please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff I always want to hear from you so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec follow note to self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at note to self pod on TikTok 
and I'll talk to you all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.